Good evening and welcome to another episode of Better Than Wine Podcast with Sean and Riley. I always say good evening. Yep, because it's always evening when we're doing this. Yes, it is. So it's fair. So, good whatever you're watching. What you're not watching. Whatever time it is for you, hope it's a good one. You follow us on Facebook and Instagram. I cannot figure out how to post like my little cell phone video updates to Patreon. Mm. Oh. Without like putting them on the computer, which seems yeah, like I don't know how to do that. Yeah. Anyway, if you follow us on Facebook or Instagram, you know that there was no podcast last week. We are recording this on March eighteenth. Which Good. I think it was yesterday or the day before. I don't remember. I posted an update saying like, hey guys, we're sick again. So I want you to know I'm still kind of not doing so hot. Yeah. I'm sniffly. Yeah, I am too. But I think I'm even like a little bit better. Yeah. Still. So, we think we figured out why we keep getting sick, and now it's going to be fixed. Hopefully. Hopefully. Um, yeah. But I just want to apologize. I will need a tissue this episode. Yep, I brought him out already. He put a tissue box on the table next to me, because that's what love is, people. That's marriage. <laughs> the Ephesians 5. Man, but that's not what we're talking about today. Nope, that was last time. Um, another thing I want to say is we're terribly sorry about the sound quality oh of the last gosh. episode. The last two, right? I think the one Above. before that was okay. Was it? It wasn't like stellar amazing. Yeah, right, but anyways, it should be fixed now. Yes. The one before that was where my voice was weird. And I still think my voice is weird. I think it's just going to be weird forever. No, you'll get there. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was told, and I proved it to myself, because I almost couldn't listen to Ephesians 5 episode, which is such a shame, because I felt like it was a really good conversation. Yeah. Um, that if you listen to it on a faster speed... The popping is not as annoying uh, or even noticeable. I have a friend who listens to her podcast at double time and she says she didn't notice it at all. Wow. So I listened to it on 1.2 speed because I'm a slow listener. What? I, I, but you're playing it faster well, than I am, normal. But like I could never do double speed that would just interesting yeah i wouldn't be able to absorb the information i've never tried that i don't know plus when i'm listening to the podcast i'm trying to get time codes and if it's on double speed it moves you'll too never fast. get there yeah so yeah um that's the sitch so yeah, we're not talking about Ephesians 5. Uh, we are talking about everyone's favorite topic, celibacy. Woo! Hooray! 
don't laugh at me. Well. Because I yawn. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're talking about celibacy. But I guess specifically, like, in the context of what John Paul II refers to as celibacy for the kingdom, or I guess Jesus refers to it. Yeah. Uh, as, yeah, celibacy for the kingdom. Yes. The OG theologian of the body. Yeah, Jesus. Original God. God. <laughs> Good. Yes. Yep. Awesome. All right. So do we want to put it in context? Yes. We can read from the Bible. I would love to read from the Bible for you. Because this will be, again, in the greater context, uh, kind of the continuation of a part we've looked at probably more than once at this point in Matthew 19. And, um, but this time, even though a lot of the times, uh, John Paul II is focused on the first part of the, um, chapter, you know, the part where Jesus talks about divorce, uh, that now we're going to move past that into the next part where he moves on from that. And talks He's about done with divorce. Like there's, there's more to it than this. Mm. <laughs> so, if you would, I would. Um, okay, nineteen. We're reading from Matthew nineteen verses ten through twelve. Mm-hmm. So, the disciples said to him. If such is the case of a man with his wife, it is not expedient to marry. But he said to them, Not all men can receive this precept, but only those to whom it is given. From there are eunuchs who have been so from birth, and there are eunuchs who have been made eunuchs by men, and there are eunuchs who have made themselves eunuchs for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. He who is able to receive this, let him receive it. All right. So, yeah, just uh, like I said, it's continuing from Jesus' discussion, debate, (laughs) whatever you want to call it, about divorce. Uh, and so that's like the first part is of this, right? Is the disciples of Jesus asking him, you know, like, oh, well, um, you know, if this is the case, right? Referring to, um, well, you know, right before that, uh, Jesus had said, and I say to you, whoever divorces his wife except for unchastity and marries another commits adultery. And he who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. So then his disciples are like, oh, well, then we probably just shouldn't get married because we don't want to, like, you know. Commit adultery. Yeah. <laughs> right. Because, like, even whether we, you know, whatever. Which, like, classic disciples. Yeah. This is. Well, yeah. They're right. always like, oh, if we shouldn't, like. 
I feel like the Gospels often show, like, how the disciples, the apostles, were not so great at discerning what is a near occasion of sin. Right. (laughs) Yeah. For sure. But, I mean, like, they were kind of, I don't want to say they were learning some of this stuff for the first time, but, like, in the way that Jesus was revealing it to them... Um, it it was not like we have it now where we have like the gospels, the church fathers, the doctors of the church, theologians, unending resource, multiple studies, like 2000 years of history and studies into some of like one verse yeah, and kind of the way I think of it, too, is that, like, just by asking the question to him, like, they do, like, oh, it's, so it's better than, right, like, that we shouldn't just, we shouldn't even get married. It'd be better if we weren't. It's very, like, Old Testament Jew thinking, <laughs> like, you know, kind of like, yeah, like, you know, like, think of, like, the um, Israelites in the desert, you know, like, yeah. they're trying to, like, work their way around the the rules the pharisees and the sadducees trying to like where are the loopholes you know and like not always you know and probably some of it like the way it started wasn't necessarily like out of ill intention but i could be wrong about this i should probably learn more about like our jewish predecessors yeah is i believe like to my understanding, and please someone correct me if I am wrong, uh, is that the different factions of Jewish people at that time and before and even now, I'm sure, it was kind of divided by their different interpretations of the law and tradition. Yeah, to a certain degree, like Pharisees and Sadducees, like... Um, clearly had different interpretations of some things yeah pretty pretty major things so yeah i think that that's definitely true um but and i think it what it seems to me is like in this moment it's kind of like that sort of like line in the sand of this is kind of the old way of thinking and then jesus like okay this is this new way that i'm yeah bringing to you um, cause like, like he says, like, 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 no, <laughs> it's not like it's not right. Marriage is not bad. That's not what I'm saying. Um, but you know, that he's not really it like is. changing anything. And I feel like that's right. an important thing to say. Mm-hmm. He's not Definitely. changing anything. He's, I mean, the easy thing would be to say like, he did not come to abolish the law. He came to fulfill it. Mm-hmm. And just, like, throw it back to Jesus. Like, this is what he said. Um, yep. But he is kind of expanding upon it, I feel like, would be a good interpretation. Mm-hmm. Where he's making... Like, I I like the part where he says... I don't... I mean, I don't necessarily like it. It makes things pretty difficult. But, um... He says, I forget where in this. Uh, it is Matthew 19, though. 
Mm-hmm. Um, oh, for the for your hardness of heart, Moses allowed you to divorce your wives, but from the beginning it was not so. In kind of <coughs> implying that, like, after the fall up until this time of Jesus, there, because they didn't have this, like, teacher yet. Mm-hmm. Um, that there were some things that were allowed, but that's not how it was supposed to be. And he's kind of coming to set the record straight mm-hmm. and say like, hey, this is how God made it. And this is how it's going to be. And yeah. you have to be able to able and willing to do these things in order to enter the kingdom. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Yeah, that's like, um, uh, that is a really good point because, you know, like you started saying there's like Jesus is not changing anything. What he's doing is like showing that there is what already is and, you know, how it is good, even though, right, on the surface, I guess, or if you don't think about it too much, it seems like a bad thing. Like, why would I want to be celibate? Like, that doesn't seem like much fun also if you like you're following from like you know john paul ii's point of view and really he doesn't get into um this idea of continence for the kingdom as he calls it till pretty late on in the actual like theology of the body right so if you're like just reading like the text like front to back be like this whole thing has been about how great marriage is <laughs> and all of a sudden it's like wait (laughs) there's this other thing um so yeah i think that that's a really really good point of like jesus just doing what he does (laughs) yeah and again this is just kind of john paul ii kind of giving us more uh more to think about with it you know um more like going under the surface level of it and really pointing out um again that this is obviously very physical very much about the body right talking about eunuchs like people who are right about whatever reason uh you know are unable to consummate yeah i was gonna say like they are they have really no choice but to be celibate um except what um and this is what john paul ii talks about too is that when you look at the actual like we kind of like think about why does jesus say this the way that he does because mm-hmm. sure it seems a little odd um but right he talks about first you know there are eunuchs who are born that way right so john paul ii like okay yeah so first <laughs> he's talking about people who um, are born with some sort of, you know, deformity or whatever, they're unable to, right. yeah, exactly, consummate, perform, perform the yeah. marital act, as he would say. Uh, then those who have had it forced on I them. I feel like the way I said it was okay, too. I think so. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Okay. Um, then those who have, it, have had it forced on them, so right through uh, terrible incidents whether accidental or not right yes uh and then 
what obviously John Paul II focuses on the most is the last part where Jesus says, then there are those who, um, how does he word it? Because that's important. I don't want to just make it up. <clears throat> how Jesus words it? Yeah. 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 Uh, they're eunuchs who have made themselves eunuchs for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. All right. So, yeah, what John Paul II points out there is that, okay, like, so this one is clearly different because, first of all, you have the like voluntary nature of it, where uh, right, the other two, the people, they no had no choice. choice. It just, it just says something that happened to you. Right. Um, but he's saying those who choose to do so, um, and then like qualifying it like for the sake of the kingdom. Yeah. So John Paul is saying like doing it, showing Jesus is trying to say like there's some sort of spiritual motivation to do this that it's not just like whatever the reason you can think of I guess but uh, that's not they're not just like oh uh, whatever like you know um, he's talking specifically about people who are like motivated yeah. to live a celibate life not people who just like are celibate by circumstance or whatever um so who have a, a purpose in their celibacy um so th- those are the few things that john paul ii focuses on the most uh, to, right is is what's most important because again that we're talking about um the actual celibate life of someone choosing to live that um that's the important part and that's what Jesus says, you know, not, not all are called this and, um, uh, whoever can receive this should receive it. Um, so again, kind of pointing to the fact that this is a specific calling for some, um, right. And he says it's not for everyone. Uh, he doesn't say it's not for a lot, right. Or it's like not only for a certain few or something, um, but it's, it really is a kind of a, a special calling, you know, I think. And that's, um, I'm trying to figure out, you probably should have mm. figured this out earlier, but it kind of just occurred to me. Yeah. Is he talking about celibate marriage not being a calling for everyone? Is he talking about, wait, say that again. Sorry. Said celibate marriage. No, Not sorry. Because I... <laughs> that's the thing. Well, I, I think I was going to talk about later, but no, that's not what I was. <clears throat> I, I, I changed my question in the middle. Y- yeah. Um. It says the disciples said to him, "If it is su- if such is the case of a man with his wife, it is expedient not to marry. It is not expedient to marry." Mm-hmm. But he, Jesus, said to them, not all men can receive this precept, but only those to whom it is given. Is Jesus talking about marriage or celibacy? Um, I, I believe the context is celibacy. Okay. So that's what he's talking about the, the eunuchs. Well. So that, that's, yeah. Well, it does have any notes in your, in your Bible. That's what I was reading. But, I, but then the following thing says, for there are eunuchs... Meaning, like, to, to I could read that as 
not everyone is called to marriage for there are eunuchs and there there are eunuchs who have been so from birth there so like they are not called to marriage there are eunuchs who have been made eunuchs by men and they are not called to marriage and there are eunuchs who have made themselves eunuchs for the kingdom of heaven or for the sake of the kingdom of heaven right for they are not called to marriage Okay. But you're saying that he's saying like celibacy is not the call for everyone. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to figure out because I'm kind of reading it as like Jesus is saying like, hey, uh, not everyone's called to marry. Uh, And the wording, and maybe this is obvious and I'm just not picking up on it. Because uh, I think if you look at it, I think he is still talking about celibacy um, and not marriage. Because he, when he first, the first thing he says, he says, um, uh, bah, 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 bah. what does he say? Um, now I'm trying to look at it. <clears throat> It doesn't, my Bible doesn't really say anything in the footnotes about what he's referring to. Yeah, I guess, yeah, now that you say it, I'm trying to like put it together because now I guess what it, it's like, what does he mean? Maybe there's a different yeah, translation of this. All men can, can receive, receive this precept, precept, but the precept he just presented was that for marriage. Right. And then you toss, but whoever is able to receive this, let him receive it. Um, yes. Hmm. Which would mean, okay, whoever is able to receive it, let him receive it. Right. But only those to whom it is given. Okay. The, that's how my translation says it. Yeah. But I've heard it your way as well. Yeah. That's, um, I guess that's and the then way I took it. Then hmm. he goes on. So, like, whoever is able to receive it, let him receive it. But it seems like he's then listing, like, here are the ones who don't and I don't know if you have input yeah let us know if you're a biblical scholar listening to this podcast for some reason I don't know what you're getting yeah seems like a bad idea we like to listen to two goofballs talk to each other you're gonna lose or maybe brain cells theological muscles sharp by finding error. I don't know. Yeah. Okay, so I guess one way to think of it, Uh uh, I'm just like looking up random things now because that's my source of uh, information. Yeah. Uh, Is, I guess some other ways to translate precept would be like not all can receive this uh, word or this statement, right? That what again he was talking about before is not just like <coughs> marriage, but um, like purity in right. marriage. Um, and so I think that's more of what it's say of what Jesus is getting at is um, not all can. Okay. Deal like have this purity, right? And then he talks. Then he talks about 
the eunuchs. But he says, for there are eunuchs, which right, makes it sound like... He's just using them as examples. Of, of what, though? Of, of people pur- who purity. Like, the, because the first, like, all, like, eunuchs are people who are living but purity everyone, in a way, but he's saying there's some people who have it forced on them or they don't have a choice. But he says, but only but to those to whom it is given. That makes it sound like a vocation. Right. Which I, th- I think is true, and I think it, not reading it now, closer, <laughs> learning as we go. Yes. Uh, I think it's, I, I don't think it's, specifically talking about one vocation or another I think it is talking about in in general like whatever vocation you should be living it purely um and not that's not all can do this but whoever could um whoever can should do it but I don't think it's right to say not all can live their vocation purely well it's true because of concupiscence wait but you're still called to it which is what he's saying not all men can receive this precept but only to those whom it is given right a precept is like a positive well it's just a translation of the word because other ones were saying like can receive this word or this statement it's not saying specifically like um, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to see if there are any exegesis on this. Yeah, it's a good idea. But and that's if there's what, not, I'm going to write one and I'm going to prove you wrong. Okay, well, that seems biased, but okay. How is it biased? Um, because you're going to write it specifically to prove me wrong. I'm not going to write it specifically to prove you wrong. Okay, well. I'm going to write it because um, I'm competitive. Yeah, but the thing is, I think... Because partially, I think what you're saying is correct. I think I did misunderstand it, like not or didn't fully understand it at first. Um, Because I think, again, maybe there's more than one way to read this, but um, I I think that does apply to um, really, again, whatever vocation, Uh, just that call to purity and again that not all can receive that not all can because i think people can still accept I think a vocation you and I have different understandings of what they mean by receive no because because somebody can go like accept their vocation to right marriage but then they don't live purely or chastely but they're still called to live chastely That's yes like, but they then they don't but they fail Again, I understand a precept to mean like a mandatory minimum to. No, that, that's not. I don't think that's what it means in this case. Not like the precepts of the church. Mm. I don't think it's the same. Okay. Well, I think that you and I are differing on our understanding what what Jesus means by not all men can receive this. Okay. I guess. Because that's kind of where my interpretation is hinging. Is like, and then especially because it's followed up, but only those to whom it is given. Everyone is given a calling, a requirement of purity in their vocation. Yeah. I don't mm. know. Yeah. I don't want to, since yeah. we don't have a definitive end point yeah. for this yeah. conversation, this particular leave it open yeah come back leave it open 
You tell us what you think. We can continue this debate. Tell us how we're both wrong. Yes, please. (laughs) Actually, that would be incredibly satisfying. Would it? Yeah, because I mostly just want to know the answer. Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, State your credentials at the beginning. Just kidding. Don't do that. Should we ask Father? We should ask Father. Yeah, he usually knows things. Um... But also, I want to hear from the people who are yeah. listening what they think Definitely. about that. Um, I suppose it, it could be open to interpretation. Yeah. So, but we'll, again, we'll 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 find we'll out. move on we'll, from there. We'll look at some other um, parts of this. What I did want to say is it because it I don't know I don't want to say like reminded me, but like it made me think of it when you were first trying to like read through it and you said celibate marriage yeah uh made me think of this really good example we have uh really the only true example probably of celibate marriage in mary and joseph yes and john paul ii does talk about this and you're going on this well yeah just because kind of as you said that almost providentially that we have the theology of the body text open here in front of us and literally i looked down at the words it says the marriage of mary with joseph in which the church honors joseph as mary's spouse and mary as his spouse conceals within itself at the same time the mystery of the perfect communion of persons of man and woman in the conjugal covenant and at the same time, the mystery of the singular continence for the kingdom of heaven. Uh, a continence that... <coughs> sorry. A continence that served the most perfect fruitfulness of the Holy Spirit in the history of salvation. So, yeah. Uh, it just seemed like maybe that's what we should um, kind of shift our focus to. Uh, because I think it's, an, it's a really interesting thing because i think again sort of obviously maybe not obviously but when you really think about it mary and joseph are the only um people who really have this sort of celibate marriage like you know well they're our only known example <clears throat> yeah but i i can't imagine here's the because they like john paul ii says they have this um fullness um where is it um some the absolute fullness of that spiritual fruitfulness um he says because precisely in the nazarene conditions of mary and joseph's covenant in marriage and continence the gift of the incarnation of the eternal word was realized um right that because of mary's uh, virgin birth like they they have a fullness to this sort of like idea of a celibate marriage yeah. that nobody else could so have. Like even a Josephite marriage, right? It's not wouldn't be the same, right? Yeah. But anyways, I just I think it's interesting. That again, obviously, it's kind of like most things, and rightfully so. Um, mostly focused on Mary and her role. Right. Um, but also not to forget that there is uh, St. Joseph as that 
um, again, as in again, most ways, uh, that prime example of, uh, you know, what it means to be a good husband, um, you know, living out that uh, Ephesians 5 Would you uh, consider Joseph and Mary's celibacy in marriage to, like, dual qualify as celibacy for the kingdom? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Just just like a like surface level, not really thinking about yeah. it too much. I'd say yeah. Because okay. that I think an important part of all of this in just looking at them specifically right. is that it's not something that was forced on them either. I think that's yeah, important to just sure. note that they chose to um, li- live out you know their lives knowing that this was their. Um, you know, calling or vocation, right. um, and choosing to do so when they had um, free will, free will, and again, like chances to walk away from it. Yes, for sure. Like Joseph was about to, but then, you know, uh, something pretty standard just happened and changed his mind. I guess I don't know. All right. <laughs> You're going to confuse people if they're new here. Yeah, that's my goal. <clears throat> if you're new here, Sean likes to, I don't want to say, like, do a downplayed summary of scriptural events. Like, yeah, basically, like, no big deal happened. And then Joseph was like, yeah, Mary, I'll still marry you. Yeah, I don't know what it was. Something I won't stone you in the street because no big deal. He wasn't ever going to stone her in the street. According to that one movie, he was. It's a dumb movie. He was going to divorce her quietly, is what it says. So that way nobody would know. Oh, that's why he was going to stone her in the street. No. What? In the movie. She would have been stoned in the street. He had like a kind of like a... Not a vision, but like oh, a they did like a, a mental a, image, basically of like yeah. he was gonna have to stone her in the street if he yeah did it publicly right, and so he that's when he decided I'll just divorce her quietly yeah which in all honesty I feel like that's kind of like a logical thought process like you think of like what would happen if I went about things the way that is normal uh-huh. or usual. Right. And, like, do I want those consequences for this person? No. Find an alternative. I mean, I think that's a decent presentation. Yeah. I don't remember the name of the movie, though. The Nativity Story? Sounds terrible, so I don't care. Also, (laughs) all movies that involve the life of Jesus are just, like, if you like them, that's fine. But I think they're pointless. Because they can't live up to the reality. So, wow. what's the point? And also, they always do something weird anyway. So, yeah, like in Passion of the Christ. Yeah, like the whole thing. Specifically, Satan, oh. aka Lord Voldemort. Yeah. This little mini Voldemort. Mini? Yeah. No, he was a f- 
It was like a woman actress, I think. Yeah, sorry, her and like. But she was a full size person. Yeah, she had minis too. I never watched those parts. I, I cover my eyes. Yeah, it's it's weird. Then there's a the whole Judas thing. Yeah, I don't want to talk about that. Yeah, that part's awful. I don't know what kind of person you have to be to actually make that a reality. Like in a movie? Yeah. Yeah. Like, ugh. No. Well, Mel Gibson is like a pretty radical... Pretty radical guy. Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> not a certified guy, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely not. Now, Sean is a certified guy. That's right. Better believe it. I forget how that yeah. <laughs> happened. Me too. <laughs> Father wants me to make you a t-shirt that says certified guy. Nice. I'd wear that shirt. Um. Okay. Yep. Cool. So, Sean hates so. all cinematic portrayals of Jesus. <clears throat> yeah. I think um, most, like, saint movies I've seen do an okay job. I mean, just, again, most of them obviously have terrible, like, production. and Like, what are you going to do about that? But I think they do pretty good for what I it is. I don't know. We could stop talking about it. That's true. We don't even watch movies, so what do you care? No, I used to. Ooh, that was salty. Yeah, well, I did. I'd like to watch movies more, but I, yeah, I understand. So I can't stay awake that long. I know. It's all good. I don't resent you for it. It's honestly a miracle that I. Ooh, okay. (laughs) No, I don't. Wow, husband for sale. (laughs) That's not how this works. You have to stone me in the street. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. Shouldn't joke about that. Uh, Yeah, I was wondering why um, our children keep gifting me rocks. Okay, that's just a normal toddler thing. It's like a sign. No. You're giving them rocks. No, no. Everyone, if you're listening and you have toddlers. You know. (laughs) Please tell Sean that is a normal toddler thing. I did nothing oh, I to condition them. I already know that. Uh-huh. It's okay. I want to go on the record and say <laughs> I did not train my children to throw rocks. Good. Although yesterday... Well, they don't throw them. They just like, which is almost, uh, if, if it were real, in this weird scenario I'm yeah. building in my mind, they just <laughs> come up to me with a rock like, here, dad, I got this for you. Is like that not what happens in real like life? They're, they're handing me the instrument of my demise. Wow. Instrument of my demise. Band, Band name, name called it. it. Uh, okay. Yesterday, quick story break. Okay. About Benny throwing a rock. It's not going to be that fun. But okay. Um. yesterday during school pickup, I, I was talking to somebody and Benny had like the longest stick ever that like I've seen her have. Yeah. It was at least two and a half times her height. Wow. <laughs> um and she goes <laughs> from like forty feet away from me. Yeah. Here, mom. 
catch. And I think she's going to throw this stick. But when she throws a rock up and she throws a rock towards me, but then swings the stick like she's going to hit it like a baseball. But she threw it towards me. It only went like 15 feet, like yeah. not even halfway. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Here, Mom, catch. I was like, it like bounced across the asphalt. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. I was like, don't throw things, please. Yep. <laughs> also, put down. <laughs> put down the giant the four stick. Four foot stick. She's like, Mom, can I take this to go with Dad to pick up Chum? I was like, no. no. It won't even fit in the car. Yeah, first of all. So, anyway, oh, that's the funny story. Nice. All right. Um. So, let's talk about real celibacy. Sorry, not okay. real celibacy. Mary and Joseph had real celibacy. They did. Unmarried celibacy? Yeah. Um... So, Sean, why would a person choose that over marriage? Um, it's a good question. Is celibacy better than marriage? Technically, yeah. <sighs> celibacy is a, just by the nature of what it is, it's a higher calling than married life. Okay. I, so, I you know I love you. Yeah, what's And up? you know I love religion. Yeah. Catholicism, specifically. Okay. Can somebody please explain what it means for something to be a higher calling, for celibacy to be a higher calling than marriage? This whole higher calling phrase is very vague for people who, like, that's, like, I guess it's not vague, it's abstract. Is it? Yeah. I think it's pretty straightforward. Okay, well... It's like if there was a hierarchy of vocations, yeah, celibacy for the kingdom is up here, and then there's marriage. So... Okay. But what determines the hierarchy? So, the way to think of it is, right, we talk about, since we've talked about this already, um, sort of the... I want to say the point, but, right, what marriage does... Yeah. Like why it is a sacrament, right? Is that um, it's meant to be a sign for us, right? To point us to God, to be an example to us of what God's love is like, right? Or that's why Jesus talks about how there's no marriage in heaven because there's no need for it because we're in the presence of God. So we don't need that sign of this anymore. Right. <clears throat> with celibacy for the kingdom, it's that you're sort of like looking above like the sign, right, to you know the actual reality of life in heaven. Uh, so you're like skipping that step, or like you know you're going past. You're saying, "I don't need the sign. I'm going to try to live this out now." Of you know again what it's. Like to be in the presence of God, right? Um, by right, not need like giving up this sign of it of marriage, and saying, "I'm going to give that up to focus myself entirely on God." 
So that's why it's higher. It's a higher calling. Me, right? Just meaning it's a more um, closer to the real thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That you're not. Um, and it's really important to just note that it's not saying that marriage is bad. Well, and that's one of the things right. I was actually going to say, if I may jump in here. Yeah. Um, on your hierarchy thing. Uh-huh. Um, is that being a higher calling doesn't mean it's the most expedient way for every single person to get to heaven. Right. Like... I I would like to say since I'm married that I believe that <laughs> celibacy is not the most expedient way for me to get to heaven. Sure At least not. not right now. Well, <laughs> not not until after I'm stoned in the streets. <laughs> no, I was just gonna say if you died then Under mysterious circumstances no. involving rocks. No. <laughs> no. Natural causes. <laughs> <laughs> Poison is naturally occurring. Oh, good. <laughs> no. I want to say, obviously, I'm not going to kill you. <laughs> but now it seems so. That's exactly what a killer would say. <laughs> I can't believe this is going to go on the internet. <laughs> I know you're not going to even edit this part out. No, of course not. All right. Um, go on. No, I'm just saying, like, if, if if you died yep then if okay let's say if i died who <laughs> wow then it would be a murder suicide <laughs> whoa whoa okay this has gotten so dark it has it's late i'm tired i'm sorry okay wow like you're usually so restrained. I mean, I know you're like this in real life with me. Yeah. But people on the podcast really getting to know Sean tonight. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, I'm funny. Go on. Uh, okay. <laughs> Dead man walking. <laughs> okay. But you're making a really good point. <laughs> if I died, you would have another opportunity to discern whether or not you should get oh, married yeah, or get be married celibate. Again. I already decided I wouldn't get married again. You would be celibate. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. I mean, who knows? It, I feel like it would depend on yeah. <laughs> like how young I was. Yeah, I love this topic. <laughs> Would that not this make a great. difference to you? Probably not. Okay, let's say I died tomorrow. Yeah, I'm already too old. <laughs> and I don't care anymore. Fair. And obviously with young children. I feel like... That would not be my, like... If my kids... <laughs> goal. ...were independent, I would become a nun. That'd be weird. But, like, in a good way, I guess. Why would it be weird? You just said it's the higher calling. You'd be a nun with children. That happens a lot. I'm sure it does. Elizabeth Ann Seton. Okay. Well. Actually, I knew a couple of nuns who had children who were widowed. I know. I'm not saying it doesn't happen. Just. Yeah. yeah. They stoned their husbands in the streets and then they were like, well, my kids don't really need me. 
they hate me now for killing their father. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to go hide away. It's a nun. Except they were in like community ministry orders, not well, cloisters. I would cloister though. Yeah, you would. For sure. I don't know why. That seems actually like you wouldn't. Poor Claire's immediately. Hmm. First, I would go to a convent to mourn. Not Carmelites. Never Carmelites, Karen. Ooh. I just wanted to hear you <laughs> I know say you're it. listening. <laughs> uh, I just don't think the Carmelites are for me. Probably not, given your <laughs> visceral... <laughs> My deep-seated <laughs> hatred for St. Therese of Lisieux. Wow. That <laughs> just kidding. seems too much. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Now people are getting to know me. Yeah. Wow, we have detracted so much in this episode. You're welcome. Uh, but just to get back on track, if you don't mind. Celibacy. Uh, Glad we know where we stand when yeah. we each kill each other. <laughs> Good. It's going to be like a Romeo and Juliet situation, but yeah. with real history. Yeah, but none of it matters anyway. So... Uh, but to go back to your main point, just to be clear, that the history I was referring to was our almost six and a half year relationship. Yeah. None of that matters. No, not right now. Not in this weird hypothetical you've conjured up. <laughs> I didn't. You helped conjure. Anyways, I'm gonna get back on track if okay. that's okay with you. Sure. Um, Sorry. If you're done. Because <laughs> uh, I. I I don't know, I've said this already, trying to get back on track, but I'm the godfather. Just, do you leave me alone? <laughs> Sean's doing the Italian hand. Yeah, I'm Italian. Uh, so, yeah, that they're, each individual person has a vocation that they are called to that is the best way for them. To, yes. to live and to get to heaven. Ooh. Yeah. Have we talked about vocation? Like, no. in depth? No, we should, yeah. though. Um, well, we're time. doing discernment next week. Spoiler. Sorry. So maybe, for like, weave chat. it in to there. Yes. Um, but, yeah, because that, like, this is not, this whole conversation is not to detract from the goodness of marriage. Like marriage is still good. It's still the way for, I think most people statistically sucks. don't do it. But it's this this also makes me think this is what this this is why something like this is what makes me think what Jesus is saying when he says he who is able to receive this let him receive it. That's where my first thought was that, um, he was talking about like living the celibate life okay. is not for all. Um, that whoever can should, should uh, because it will be the way for them to you know, get to heaven. Um, but that's obviously not an easy thing to do. And again, part of why I think it's a higher calling is that it's not as easy for people to uh, choose to live a celibate life. Um, that is a difficult thing to choose to do and to actually like decide you're going to do and you're doing it uh voluntarily and again like john paul ii says that there's 
uh, a spiritual motiv- motivation behind it, um, right? That kind of overcomes the physical uh, to you know, focus on uh, just God first and foremost before anything else. <laughs> you also have something here that I would love for you to expand on. <clears throat> Sorry, I forgot to talk to my microphone. That's okay. Um, it is a... What? Um, I just like sniffled like directly into the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've done that multiple times. Yeah, that's just... We warned them. We if did. you made it this far... We warned you. We warned you. I'm gonna cry. I know. It's okay. <laughs> I'm almost out of water too. Oh jeez. Well. Oh jeez. Yeah. So Maybe. what were you looking at? Um this bullet point right Just here. Read it oh, here. sorry. You said where are you looking? Well if you read it. Where are you looking? Give me <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm a mess. I'm a mess right now. Okay. Inside out. Go. You said it's a higher calling, not just loving one, the spouse, as God loves, but loving all as God loves. Yeah, that um, just kind of goes back to the point of celibacy being a higher calling is that right? marriage, your whole point, the whole kind of goal of it is loving kind of focusing your whole attention loving one other person kind of fully completely um and you know trying to love that person as god loves us um we're in celibacy for the kingdom you you're really trying to be even closer to the way that god loves and again you're really treating like everybody like that and being your, that being your um <clears throat> kind of goal is that there's not like one specific person who is more important to you um right by the nature of your vocation uh but in a, some way you have that sort of similar perspective as god of that everybody has the certain you know the same yeah um dignity of the same um uh not capacity but um same uh what am i trying to say like same value yeah i was gonna say like even levels of sacrifice yeah um yeah it it just it extends to all rather than just like the one like the spouse in marriage um and uh another thing that kind of goes with this that john paul ii talks about is that uh living a celibate life is uh really kind of trying to like move beyond this world is it's not living for this world but you're actually living um really a, a kind of as close as you can 
to heaven itself. Um, sort of not it sounds wrong or like yeah, I guess sounds wrong to say that you're rejecting like this world that that's not what you're doing but um, looking at kind of the bigger picture of you know this is what um, we are ultimately called to so that's what I'm going to try to live out now um, is the celibate life that's more similar to what life in heaven is like right than Just marriage as, like imitating the state yeah right um, yeah did you talk about your catechism excerpt uh no and I really I should have had that um probably earlier that it's pretty I was just looking at the definition of celibacy in the catechism yeah. um if where you have the big green one I think this is what's in the um Catechism glossary in the back. Yeah. I don't know if the white one has a glossary. Yeah, I don't know. But um, there's, so there's two parts, and I only quoted one. Um, it looks like you have. Or I only referenced one. Oh. Um, which is weird. Maybe they're in the same place. Uh, but as like kind of the more formal definition the catechism says celibacy is a sign of this new life to the service of which the church's minister is consecrated accepted with a joyous heart celibacy radiantly proclaims the reign of god Uh, and that also says the state or condition of those who have chosen to remain unmarried for the sake of the kingdom of heaven in order to give themselves entirely to god and to the service of his people um, so you're right, obviously talking specifically right. about um, the religious life. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, how this being part of this vocation, celibacy being a part of the vocation to re- religious life, um, it makes that really kind of important point of how if it's accepted joyfully um as it proclaims the reign of god uh that uh, there's obviously two ways for someone to look at their call to celibacy and their vocation right. uh as that could definitely be seen as um you know like a, sort of an unfortunate side effect or something of their vocation like maybe they love some other part of the vocation, but not the celibacy. And I don't know, just kind of thought it wouldn't be a big deal. And then that changes later. But um, I think, like it says here, if it's something that's, um, you know, accepted with joy, that, um, you know, I think that makes all the difference. Yeah. Um, just like, you know, in general, if you see, um, you know, anybody who has taken on uh, a celibate life, that if they are just in general, like a happy, <laughs> uh, you know, kind of nice person, um, I think there's plenty of people who are just like, you know. I feel like happy is a state and nice is a personality characteristic. Yeah, but I think they also kind of go together where 
um, you know, I, I, I don't know about you. I've certainly met my fair share of people who seem like uh, resentful of their um, vocation yeah, that they've again, chosen. I don't know. Maybe. And it's obvious, you know. Maybe, but... I want to discourage everyone from judging a book by its cover. Oh, for sure. Before you get to know a person. Yeah, Because I think there is a tendency to want, like, a cookie-cutter religious, like, sister or monk, friar, nun, priest. Yeah. Like, to, to want them to be a certain kind of person or... To assume if they don't have a certain kind of personality mm-hmm. that they're somehow unhappy or even mean. Right. And that's, I mean. Yeah, I mean, that's how you, I mean, you should kind of approach anybody in life. It's like, well, don't assume right. that. But you know, I feel very strongly about this. Yes. I do. Don't put your priests in a box, people. Right. Absolutely. And yeah, I also believe that is very because i i mean that was kind of like my yeah. experience growing up was yeah. that people and i'm sure this is still the case were so it was so important to people that they liked the priests of their parish that if they didn't like the priests they would just go to a different parish yeah and just like, that was just crazy to me like there, i mean there were people who gave up like decades of like Like being involved in the parish community and then just leave like immediately (laughs) yeah or like there are people who stay and then are super rude to the new person because they're not the same as the old person right yep and they think that their way is supposed to be some sort of like clone yeah and it's like that's not how people work people everybody is an individual unique creation of god with certain gifts and talents and strengths and weaknesses Mm -hmm. and each person should be yeah right exactly um yeah, I, I very much agree with that. And then, because also, it's sort of like... I think priests, parish priests, are the biggest victim of that because of the mm-hmm. the way that dioceses do regular transfers. I mean, just yeah. in working for the church for the last, not even, but almost four years, um, I've worked with five different priests, like, as part of the parish staff. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and now I've worked under one pastor, but we've had four different vicars. Yeah. And all four of them could not have been more different from each other. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's true. So very different. Um, but I've definitely seen multiple times in multiple parishes and multiple dioceses where a new priest will be put in and an old priest will be moved out especially of that authority authority pastor position and there are members of the parish who are just absolutely brutal Mm -hmm. 
um, because yeah. that's not the way that pastor so-and-so did it. Yeah. And it's like, well, <laughs> not the same person. Yep. And yeah. it's like, well, he doesn't do this like so-and-so used to or whatever. Like, you're getting to know a whole new person. Right. And that's like the to me it's like the bigger picture to all of it is unless this new priest is like heretical it's the same faith yeah. <laughs> like no matter what else changes <laughs> yeah like your faith it does it is you not defined an, by who the priest you is at your church opportunity <laughs> to get to know another one of god's like representatives <laughs> <laughs> That's a weird way to put that a <laughs> like bit. a description, but it's like, yeah, you know, you can still maintain a friendship or whatever with hmm. your previous pastor yeah. or priests that were previously assigned to your parish, mm-hmm. but you cannot expect that a new person is going to be the same person. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if, like, <laughs> if this is the time, but uh, I think there is just so many people, like, I don't even know the right way to put it, but just really don't think about a priest like a normal person yeah you know right um it's like they they are they're a person yeah. they yeah, <laughs> grew they up have, just like you you know different in their own way they have likes and dislikes <laughs> and passions and projects and traumas and wounds and yeah sins and virtues just as unique as anyone else Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's so true. Like, um, to expect every priest to adapt adopt the same personality is yeah. absurd, mm-hmm. and would be like super creepy. Honestly, it would be weird. Like, where do these guys keep coming from? <laughs> They're all the same. Like, what island are they spawning them on? I want to make a joke about a certain religious order, but oh, I could probably go too far. So. This is all I'm saying is be nice to your priests. If you get a new mm-hmm. priest, get to know them. Yep. Like find and a common interest. Even if you do disagree with them on like fundamental things outside of your faith. Yeah. Okay. I think I that, that fundamentals has to be. makes me think and of And like, even that, sure, plenty of examples of priests who are kind of like not exactly. Uh, solid in their faith and I've seen it where they kind of come up with their own things and you hear it from people I've heard it from plenty of people who like oh uh, father whoever uh, some time ago told me like certain things are okay and it's like no they're definitely not and it's like right one there of those in the things, catechism you know whatever thing it is I don't know but like I've definitely heard that and it's like oh, okay that priest was not telling you the truth and so that's like a whole different thing but even when you do have like 
personal disagreements about something. So outside of the teaching of the church, uh, you know, like still like respect them as a person. Like don't think that they, you know, need to change who they are or something. Like you don't do that to other people. No. Real life. Right. You know, so it's the same. It's just definitely the same. Well, it's like if you priest. don't like somebody, then don't hang out with them. Yeah. Like, doesn't mean you need to be a jerk. Right. It's, you know. It's also, like, yeah. last thing on this note is yeah. your parish priest, generally speaking, well, maybe not generally. I don't know. In my experience, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> lots of people want lots of things from parish priests, and they can only do so much, and they are working usually as hard as they can now i have seen some exceptions where i'm like okay you're not doing the minimum yeah um and i can say that because i know it's exactly just, it's, it's obvious yeah. okay yeah um maybe i shouldn't go there since i work in a parish office but not naming names not, no, i'm not i'm not naming names parishes dioceses, or anything right where i've seen this mm-hmm. but generally speaking Priests are trying hard to bring people to God and give them a little bit of credit, give them a little bit of slack. I mean, I cannot express how little support there is for priests. Yeah. It is virtually non-existent from the church, Mm -hmm. from fellow priests, from parishioners, yeah from families even especially when you have priests who are um maybe in diocese not near their families or if they're uh from a a small family or if they converted or whatever their circumstances like and especially because they are at the the mercy of wherever the bishop puts them there is so little support and i don't i doubt this will ever be heard by a bishop but if you're a bishop you need to reach out to your priests and you need to support your priests and you need to tell your priests that they're doing a good job and you know that it's hard and you need to not forget what it was like to be in their shoes mm. yeah. and i will name names no, just kidding. I won't. <laughs> Don't do that. Uh, thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Yeah. I Just to... Kind I of, said the TED Talk thing. I know. But I just... Because I, I, I also feel strongly It's not a real about TED Talk, this. by the way. I don't know if we can get it's, in trouble for that. I don't think so. No. Um, but that's just another thing. Is like I think people don't realize how busy a priest is. Because they, they think like... Like, oh, I'll go to the priest and I'll ask them for something. And they should do it immediately because what else do they have going yeah. on? Or you like don't within see, a week. Yeah. Because you just, you obviously yeah. most people, you don't see what a priest is. All you do is you see them whenever you go to mass or whenever you, yeah. you know, go to some other sacrament. And you think, oh, that's all they do. And it's like, no, there's so much more. And plus... Yeah. And Any most time of, of the, the day, they other can be stuff away that they have things. to do, generally, they hate. Right, yeah. <laughs> like, parish administration is not fun. No. Nope. Budgets and 
figuring out if they can pay all their employees from the offertory, not fun. Asking for money, not fun. Mm-hmm. Like, figuring, <laughs> finding out that the air conditioner in the church needs to be replaced, yeah. not fun. Nope. So, <laughs> this is my extended rant. Because this is a big problem in the church. And if you want good priests, then you need to support your priests. Yep. <clears throat> and the same goes for you know, religious communities, mm-hmm. um, missionary religious. Like, they need support. They need, number one, your prayers, but also your kindness, your generosity. Um, yeah. Yep. Uh, I think if we can do that, then we will see the increase in vocations that people have been saying that we need yeah. since I joined the church, what, 17 years ago. Oh, yeah. I can, yeah, I can remember from, obviously, Actually, being, it wasn't even 17 years ago. I think it was 16. No, sure. I don't know. Sounds right. But, like, yeah, obviously, like, myself being in, like, Catholic schools my whole life, Every once in a while, there would be, you know, um, like there would always be like a vocations director from the diocese and yeah. come in and pray uh, about being like, okay, yeah. yeah, and like, you know, like I guess that and was that's good. Another thing, I hear a lot about seminary formation and like religious formation, like this is what it's gonna be like, mm-hmm. and then it's not like that, right? Yeah, it's like, first of all. Do your prepare. Do not sugarcoat things. Right. There are men who are legitimately cut out for this, and you're not going to scare them away because God has, they have a genuine calling from God. You're not here to Mm. get false vocations or give a false sense of security that lulls people into thinking, like, yeah, I could do this. Mm -hmm. Um, those who have the calling, they will stay. Right. And God will give them courage. But also, live up to some of the promises. Yeah. <laughs> like, some of it is totally within the control of human beings. <laughs> and yeah. it's like, you know, yep. if you're... You just a, have to try a, a little. <laughs> diocesan formation, a bishop, chancellor, whatever, head of vocations, like... Don't just turn your newly ordained loose to fend for themselves. Yeah. Exactly. I think that potentially Jesus and his wisdom and knowing the brokenness of the human race was like, celibacy is not for everyone because you'll get no support whatsoever. Mm Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah. And I definitely think like there's a lot of people trying to figure out like what exactly celibacy means. And I mean, we know what it means like by definition, but you know, what does that practically look like? There's a lot of people who want to put rules and restrictions on it. And there's other people who are like, no, they should live like everyone else and it's like okay maybe it's time to um look at some personal discernment you know prudence 
and temperance and all of that plays a role. Let's not um, let's let's focus on developing virtues. Mm-hmm. And then, if we can d- develop virtues and give support, then I think that people will find that their vocations are less cumbersome. Yeah, exactly. And where you have, I mean, so many people who, you know, come into it and then are like, wait, this isn't what what I expected. I thought. Yeah. And then leave. And it's like, well, you really can't blame yeah. them because it's not <laughs> what they were told it would be. Right. Um, you know, it's like if, uh, you know, people who get married, you know, expecting uh their life to be a Disney movie. It's like, no, that's not reality. And that's, you know, when it's like, yeah, this isn't yeah. perfect. Also, <laughs> I wouldn't want my marriage to be a Disney movie. I know. I mean, it's just an expression, like, I guess. Generally, those suck. Yeah. What? <laughs> Wait a minute. So I don't like movies based on the life of Christ. You don't like Disney movies. Generally. Okay. You know this. Like what? I don't know if you want to talk about this now, but like no. what? Which ones? Bonus content. Tell me later. Uh, which ones? Disney will sue us for sure. No, they won't. If Mountain Dew has, they'll it, never find us. They will. Um. Yeah. Um. You were going to read something? Yeah. That's what I'm kind of looking at now. Sorry. I went on a rant. You did. That's okay. It was good. Now, there's something here. Or are you looking for something specific? Um, sort of, but go ahead. I want to go back to, like, celibacy. You have Theology of the Body 75. I assume that's audience 75. Yeah says this continence for the kingdom of heaven carries above all the imprint of likeness to Christ who himself in the work of redemption made this choice for the kingdom of heaven you talked about that right um uh, yeah more or less um that yeah I get in something else I was gonna talk about with this is kind of how this compares to the um uh in uh, Ephesians 5 where Paul talks about you know a husband has to love his wife as Christ loves the church so like making a sort of similarity between like, a husband and Christ um where it's still sort of like he's like a there's like a sign it's like a, a symbol it's not like the actual thing um where this which John Paul II is saying is living in um, continents for the kingdom mm-hmm. so you're living like, like Christ um, mm-hmm. you're like the imprint uh, of likeness of Christ, likeness to Christ uh, himself so uh, where it's not really anymore like a symbol but you're really like in the real world living 
uh, in reality as Christ did. Um, he was also the example of this, of living a celibate life. Um, and so just to kind of kind of further draw that connection that this is why mm-hmm. the celibate life is a higher calling. I mean, first of all, it mirrors the way that Jesus lived on earth. Yes. Uh, but also that it is being like Christ more so than um, we even, anybody can be in marriage, mm-hmm. which is right, kind of the ultimate goal is to, you know, if we can be as much like Christ as possible, then we're doing pretty good. <laughs> so yeah. um, that that's all I was looking at there. Um, so the next thing that I feel like we should talk about is chastity. Yeah, so that was just... Uh, um, Everyone's favorite. Yeah, even that was... Um, I only kind of was looking at that because I thought it would probably come up to be, um, you know, how chastity is still vitally important in mm-hmm. the celibate life just as much as in marriage. Um, that it's just like if you're a human person, chastity is important <laughs> to, to to you and who you are. Yes. Um, and so just to again look at the, I wanted, mostly just wanted to have the definition from the catechism readily available. Okay. Um, where, you know, just I guess I'll go ahead and read it um, like since I did all this work to put it in here. I know. Well, I think it's important because yeah. chastity is the virtue which informs celibacy. Yeah. Or, right. Do you want to read the definition that I took so much time to find and put in there? I would hate to steal your thunder. No, it's okay. I, I give you my thunder. Yikes. <laughs> That's so much. I know. Um, Go okay. on. The moral virtue, which under the cardinal virtue of temperance, which I brought up just a few moments ago, mm-hmm. provides for the successful integration of sexuality within the person leading to the inner unity and I'm sorry, inner unity of the bodily and spiritual being. Yes. So. What does that mean? This is not your mother's chastity talk. I hate that. All right. Um, That's just so everyone knows. I want to say this right now. I wanted to call this podcast Not Your Mother's Chastity Talk. Yeah. And Sean wouldn't let me. No. So. And then it was going to be What Incarnation? What Incarnation. But then that turned out to be a podcast about flowers. Because <laughs> incarnations. No, carnations. <laughs> not <laughs> incarnations. I know about flowers. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> uh, anyway. This isn't your mother's chastity talk, though. And if you yeah. thought Theology of the Body was going to be mostly about chastity. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not about how far is too far. Yeah, because that's a dumb question. All right. Okay. Anyways. Anyways. Right we can but do a whole the whole point 
if we base our understanding of chastity um, on the catechism's definition, that's like the whole point is basically if you're a person, or not even that. Okay, sorry, scratch that. If you, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, you have to be a person. Okay, if you are a person. All right, I was going to skip that part, but I was like, no, because... Yes, if you're a person, you're called to chastity. Other things aren't called to chastity. So you have to, yeah, if you're a person, chastity, if you if you want to be a good person, if you want to be who we were... Where are you going with this? Just let me, I don't know. Okay. I'm just starting, and then let, I'm just going to go. Uh, that if you want to be the person that you were created to be... Okay. Right, which hopefully we all want that. Yeah. Um, and we can kind of argue about what that means. But ultimately, you know, if we want to live the way that we were designed to live based on at least us here on our beliefs that who God made us to be, chastity is really what that is it's what um is kind of the starting point of or not starting point but it's really what is sort of tied into everything um that you know i think in a certain sense looking at this definition of chastity uh, that it is you know if we're trying to live a virtuous life chastity is going to be a virtue that goes along with every other virtue that we are trying to um, live up to, to attain. Um, that be, just because of the fact that it is just sort of a never-ending process, like we can't just, you know, work on it. And, you know, it's like, oh, I've, I've put in 10,000 hours of, trying to be uh chased and so i'm good now it's like no you have to still you have to keep working on that it's, it's not just done one day um but that it really is kind of getting to the point of who we are because even looking at this definition right, it's leading to the inner unity of the bodily and spiritual being that it's leading to us kind of cohesively coming together as body and soul of who we are and not separating them like we often try to do um, or even we do without thinking um, but having both working together is kind of the goal and again, that's why that's something that I think is sort of a lifelong uh, endeavor but anyways you look lost like, like, what is he talking about? No, I obviously know what you're talking about. Well, you look confused. I was thinking about how, um, everyone is called to chastity, is really what I was thinking about. True. Um, but just how it, like, chastity as a virtue expressed looks different depending on your state in life and your vocation. Right. And 
it's really just like a rightly ordered use of your sexuality. Yeah. Um, and so, like, if you think of chastity not in terms of, like, don't have sex, which I feel like was our, when mm-hmm. we were kids, was the chastity talk that we got. It was like, we're going to have a chastity talk now. Um, oh, yeah. Going to a chastity talk, and it's like, don't have sex. Sex is bad. Oh, yeah. I went to youth like, conferences. Yeah, I went to one, like, one night thing. Uh-huh. And uh, is it Leah Darrow, who's, like, used to be a model, and then... Oh, I think, so, yeah. Yeah. So she was good. I felt like she was, like, didn't... Her talk wasn't about that. So yeah. Shout out to... Yeah. Leah, wherever you are. Yeah. Um, but the whole thing was like, don't have sex. Just don't do it. Don't. Like, that was my takeaway. I'm sure that's not what they were actually saying. Mm. But, like, as a kid, not a kid, a teen. Yeah. Um, You're like. That's what, like, you, like, Sex is bad. <laughs> um, yeah. It's like, no, it's good and it's beautiful, but it has to be, like, rightly ordered and. Mm. Um, some people are called to participate in that and others are not. Right. Um, but that's where this like understanding of what chastity is, is like that kind of talk about it falls short. (laughs) Why are you like (laughs) that? Um, that like, like what you're saying is that kind of understanding of chastity, why it falls so short. Um, I think because chastity really isn't about that at all. And it's really about, um, you know, being, you know, masculine if you're a man, feminine if you're a woman, like really embracing that, whatever that means to you, like specifically, like, uh, you know, just like with priests, it's like we're not saying like you're not in a box. You're not, uh, you know, you don't have to be a cookie cutter kind of person right. like you don't have yeah. to uh, like i don't want to get this too confused but yeah but like it, okay so to your point about like like chastity means embracing your masculinity embracing your femininity it doesn't mm-hmm. mean like if you're a girl that you like pink and you wear skirts and you yeah like do the typical girl yeah. things didn't right. I talk about how oh maybe this was just my 8th graders about how yeah. like there was a thing about this in a lesson recently um <laughs> I'm gonna get in so much trouble for saying this but what? like all of this like the gender movements mm-hmm. going on right now reinforce unnecessary gender stereotypes right of like i don't like this thing so i must not be this thing yeah that corresponds with it when it's like that doesn't that's not like the essence of yeah womanhood or manhood yeah right plus uh, i've heard it from a few places now but there it's like the really just I guess while we're on this topic, uh, really valid question of like, if you feel like you're a different gender, 
how do you know what it actually feels like to be the other right gender like you not that's not yeah. how you were born so you I wouldn't just, know like really want to say <sighs> like i don't know don't look at stereotypes as an indication yeah. of what you are or aren't <laughs> like you know you can be uh, a woman who enjoys you know like fixing cars and you know some of these are probably kind of weak examples but you know this isn't what this episode is about yeah we'll get there no i think this is an important point though like you know, a woman can fix a car you know that's possible but according to our it person at the church a riley cannot <laughs> fix a computer <laughs> Right, but that's because you're a Riley, not because you're a woman. Like, that's part of it, yeah, because you are a woman, but... You ever met a woman who works in IT? Okay, yes. if you're a woman who <laughs> works in IT, send us an email to give us, like, some proof that you work in IT. Don't you just be like, I'm a woman who works in IT, I will send you a t-shirt. Wow. I know. What kind of t-shirt? <laughs> The first woman who emails me that says, I work in IT, this is where I work. Send me your LinkedIn profile. <laughs> I had you so as a connection. You're not answering my question. What? What is the shirt going to be? I don't know. It'll be something from my website. A plain blue t-shirt. No. <laughs> It'll be, maybe I'll send a mug. A JP2 something. I have a JP2 shirt about freedom. You want a freedom t-shirt? No. Uh, I mean, I I'm not asking you. Yeah. No. I, if you're uh, a woman who works in IT. I was wondering if you're going to like make. I should have said uh, if you're a woman who fixes cars. Listen. Okay. Send you Fast and the Furious. The no, nine I will bot, not. Nine Blu-ray set. <laughs> no. For $8. <laughs> yeah. No. Okay. Yeah. Okay. First woman who is a mechanic and first woman send who you a car. I'm not going to send anyone a car. <laughs> send me an email. Send to, you a shirt with a car on it. Stop. <laughs> send me an email to better than one podcast at gmail.com. No lying. God will know. I will also know because I'm going to look at your LinkedIn. Or you can make a fake LinkedIn. Especially if they work in IT. Send me an email from your professional email account. <laughs> send me your IT certifications. Send me your IP address. Send me your Google certification. No, okay. We have to be done. Yep, for sure. Um anyway, that's that's for real though. Yeah. I'll do that. Okay, cool. Do that. So we'll give away. Well, yeah. Yeah. A little Easter egg in the episode. Nice. Well, anyways, that's just the... Um, yeah, just important to understand what chastity really is. Yes. So that's that's how we got here. It is. It's very important. And we'll do an actual chastity episode. Yeah. Um... Yeah. Do you have anything else for celibacy? No. I think we pretty much covered everything I put here. So. Okay. Um, 
I got you a soda to try. You got me one? For the podcast. Oh, no. I didn't even know this. Okay. <laughs> Surprise! Oh, boy. All right. You get it? I am. You want me to go get it? Do you know the announcements? No, I've, n- I've never okay. heard them. So. It's the one soda bottle in our fridge. Oh, okay. But, or do you want to do a blind taste test? No, we, we should just both test it. Yeah, I haven't. Because it's such a unique okay, thing. Okay, so you already seen yeah. it. So okay, I'm gonna Sean's going to go get it. I'm going to say some things. Announcements. This is what I do at youth group. I'm like, I have some announcements. Um, follow us on the socials because that's where we post updates. Uh I will try to update every time that we're not posting an episode so that you guys know we didn't forget about you and you're not surprised when nothing posts. Hopefully that won't be happening as much anymore, but um, until we get some of the issues permanently taken care of, then I feel like I can't make any promises. Uh, yes, that's it. Sean has brought the soda. Also, I really want to know if people say soda or pop. So I'm going to post a poll. Coke. Do people generalize with Coke? Yep. I believe it's mostly a Texas thing. Parts of Texas, not all Texas. Parts. Texas is like its own country. Yeah. Um, Also, tonic. It's more old fashioned, I believe. Mm that's not like I, if you soda. want options for your poll okay i just wanted pop and soda yeah but that st- doesn't include all of the okay. options well anyways listen. i'm gonna open this no not yet i wasn't done with the announcements oh keep going um <coughs> i'm starting to plan topics for april so if there's a specific topic that you would like to hear about please drop us a dm on instagram or facebook or email uh comment whatever and say like hey i'd really like to hear you guys talk about this sort of and then go on a tangent um or not we'll try not to do that maybe or maybe we won't i don't know this is fun for us (laughs) um true yes we are looking for small businesses to sponsor our episodes, um, especially as we become more consistent. Now we kind of stopped looking for people to sponsor our episodes because we've been really consist- inconsistent, but hopefully soon we will have some awesome small Catholic businesses to tell you guys about. Uh, what else? I think that's everything. Sure. Please be careful. It's not as satisfying as the pop can. No. So, ooh, I call it soda, but apparently it's in a pop can. Does it smell weird? I want to smell it before you drink it. You have to give your evaluation of the smell. It smells like... Come closer to the microphone. Put... It smells like, um, 
vanilla coke. <laughs> I can't smell it. <laughs> yeah. It's it does smell like slightly sweet. Do the taste test. Okay. Wait, I want you to go first because okay. this is your thing. Get close to the microphone when you give your review. Closer. <clears throat> Do you need another sip? It's like, yeah. It's kind of red if you hold it up to the light. Yeah, that's like, I'm trying to, it's like, you see it? it's almost like cherry vanilla Coke. It mostly tastes like vanilla Coke to me. Okay. But it definitely has some kind of... I'm going to try it. Additional. Like, there's something else in there. Hmm. Which I think it might be cherry. It it might just be cherry vanilla Coke. Alright. So I'm going to tell you. Okay. I'm going to tell them, actually, because we didn't tell them what it was. Yeah. It's Coca-Cola Creations, which sounds sketch. Starlight Limited Edition. Space flavored. Okay. Space flavored. Now, here's what I'm going to tell you. I bought this from Publix. I'd never been in a Publix before, but I had to go there to get a specific birthday cake. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. You want to try it again? Yeah, I'm reading now. I want to tell you before you read, though. Okay, go ahead. What the lady, the cashier, said to me when I was buying that Coke. She goes, have you ever had this? I said, nope. She goes, it's really good. It's basically rebranded cherry vanilla Coke. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Which is like what I thought. There's there's probably something else in there, too, but... I don't think uh, there is. Here's here's what the official press release stated. Oh, the press release. It's, it does have like a kind of galaxy yeah. label. It's pink. Because it's Starlight Edition space flavored. Yeah. Um, it says, Starlight Coca-Cola includes additional notes reminiscent of stargazing around a campfire, as well as a cooling sensation that evokes the feeling of a cold journey to space. What drug is in this? Right. That's what I want to know. My guess is LSD. What uh, some people have said is tastes kind of like minty cotton candy sprinkled with vanilla. And I guess what they're kind of going for is something called space candy. Space candy? Which I don't know what that means. Oh, I think I know what that is. It's kind of like... If I remember correctly, yeah, kind of like Pop Rocks. Yeah, probably maybe something like that. That's yeah. I kind of taste it though. Yeah. Either that or Pop Rocks is typically like cherry flavored. Yeah. I don't get the whole campfire vibe. Yeah, I don't know what they're talking about there. But um, anyway. It's not bad. Yeah. I mean, it's basically cherry vanilla Coke. In my humble opinion. Yeah. Which I do believe myself to be a connoisseur of the carbonated beverage. 
Hmm. What? There's so many people with so many different opinions opinions on what it tastes like. One of them being Teddy Grahams and cola. Oh, I taste that. Which, like, yeah. The downside, Coca-Cola always makes me belch really yeah. So we're going to have to end this podcast soon. Yeah, true. <coughs> um, anyways, yeah, that it's interesting. It's definitely not like a standard flavor with just like a different wrapper on it, you know. There's right. something in there, but I, I definitely get some vanilla. Something there's something else though too. I don't know. Okay. And a campfire. I don't know. I don't drink stuff. Coke frequently enough. Yeah, I don't either. But. But anyway, I just wanted to throw you a curveball since I gave up Mountain Dew for Lent. Yeah. Nice. What a convenient thing to give up for Lent. It's not the only thing. I know. I gave up health. Good. On that note, take care of yourselves. Watch out for people with rocks. (laughs) Don't wander into the street. Those four-year-olds are crazy. (laughs) True. But anyways. Yeah. Thank you for listening. It's going to be a new Lexio. New Lexio to listen to. If you haven't checked back since Ephesians 5 posted, Sean is going to be putting the Ephesians 5 Lexio, not going to. He will have by the time this airs. Is that really different? I don't know. Going but to. But like when they I, listen will. to this episode, it will already be posted. So go look uh, for it. I gotcha. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Go look for it. If you were thinking like, where is this? It was supposed to be there. Uh, it just didn't carry over. Yeah. Um, it is on Patreon, right? I think so. I don't know. He's going to double check on it all. I don't remember. Uh, there's going to be more Lexio, two other Lexios available on Patreon. So. Yep. Love you all. You're all great. Yep. That sounded sarcastic, but it wasn't. You listen to this, so it means you're great. You listen to this, which means you have an immense amount of patience. Yep. Common misconception, patience is not a virtue. No, it's people who go to see the doctor. <laughs>